0: Welcome to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast, the show where we discuss what it takes to create a sustainable long-term online business in today's fast-moving environment. We talk with industry experts and freelancers alike to find out what it takes to build and manage a location-independent business.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Adam Finan, and today we have John Jonas joining us from onlinejobs.ph. Hello, John.
0: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for coming on, John. Onlinejobs.ph is very well known in the online community. So can you tell us a little bit about kind of who you are and why you started that business?
0: Uh, Yeah, like, where do you want me to start? Do you want me to? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, well, so Onlinejobs.ph, as far as I understand, it started around 2007. So maybe just give a little bit of context of what you were doing before and why you started it.
0: Yeah, so I'm a terrible employee. I graduated from college in two 2000- thousand. Three, I had my first job after that, 2003, 2004. And I'm just not like cut out to be an employee. And like the incentive structure didn't work for me. If I did good work, I got paid the same. If I did bad work, I got paid the same. None none of it really mattered, right? So my only goal when I had that job was to quit the job so I could work on my own and work from home. And it took me eight months to do that, to, to have something that was making a little bit of money online to where I could say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna quit and work online. That was 2004. So from there, I realized, yeah, this isn't what I thought it was. Like I thought this was like make money online, and everything's automated, and you don't have to work very much, and you just make a lot of money. And and obviously that's not how it works. And so I was working 50 or 60 hours a week, and I tried outsourcing a couple things, and it just was crappy. And like I tried Elance, which is has turned into upwork today and and it was fine, but it just dumped all of the burden onto me. The the work that they did, all the burden came onto me. And we could talk about that in a little bit. I tried hiring people locally and the first thing they did was quit because they realized, oh, you're making money online? Like this is what everybody wants. I'm gonna go do this on my own. So that didn't that didn't work for me. I tried hiring people in India and that didn't work either. I got a really good tip to hire someone in the Philippines and where I could hire someone in the Philippines and I didn't do it because it was like, you know, I've tried this outsourcing thing. It's a headache. It sucks. And like, I don't, I don't know if I can keep someone busy full time, which was the only option I had at the time because he, this guy gave me a reference to this agency. And, and I didn't know if they could do good work. I don't know if we could find talented people. I, I just didn't know. And I didn't do it for a couple months. And finally, I was like, you know what? It doesn't really matter. I have to try this. I can't keep doing what I'm, what I'm doing. It's just not working. I'm working too much. So I ended up hiring this guy and it was the most liberating experience of my life. His full-time job was doing anything I asked him to do and I could teach him to do things that I knew how to do, things that I was doing in my business and all of a sudden those things were off of my plate and he was doing them. So this is 2005, late 2005 when I hired the first person. I had another person or two in 2006 and people started asking like how are you doing this? How are you hiring these people? What's going on? You know, like kind of like what we're doing right now, right? And um, I was in a mastermind group and there were 15 of us. We met weekly. And every single week, this is where the conversation went. And I was like, guys, I've explained this like 10 times already. So I put together an audio. And this is like 2006, 2007. And like talked all through this and was like, here's everything I know, which isn't very much. Because, you know, I didn't like set out as an expert in this. I didn't know. And I put the audio out there and it kind of exploded. And people just... People wanted to hear it. People wanted to know. And so like 2007, 2008, I decided like finding people was really hard. I went to go recruit someone myself and I went to this agency because this is the only option and was like, I want a content writer. They were like, well, do you want a webmaster or a programmer? Like, no, no, I want a content writer. Do you want a webmaster or a programmer? Because that's all they do was webmaster or programmer, you know? And I was like, fine, I'll take a webmaster. And I started thinking about it. Like, what if I started my own Job board where I could post a job, I could maybe get a couple hundred Filipino profiles in there. I could recruit from them on my own. And I went back to the agency, was like, "I want a programmer." And so I got hired a programmer, and we built the system. We built onlinejobs.ph.
1: That's ironic, isn't it? You know, you built a thing that ends up competing with them. Yeah, (laughs) that's funny. They could have done it themselves, but instead, you know, they provided the platform for you to hire the person for you to build it. So.
0: So we had like a couple hundred profiles put up in the first month. I had no clue uh, that the demand would be so high in the Philippines. And then I was also talking about it in the US or on phone calls or on pod on, it wasn't podcasts at the time, it was webinars. And so I had employers around the world looking to hire. And so it just exploded. I think we have about 1.5 million profiles on online jobs today.
1: It's impressive, and um, something that you do as well. Just, I just want to just highlight it here that, like, I've never seen anybody else do was you have this like ID proof thing, where you know, like, that's how you know you're hiring a real person. It's not a fake account. It's, it's you know, it's this person, you know, basically uploaded their ID or a proof of address or something. Like, it. I'm not too sure on it, but you'll have like an ID proof score, so you can validate, um, you know, that it's real people and and that. Um, I thought that was very unique about yourselves and, and what you do. So, you know, that was obviously factored in early on to the process. So that's, that's cool. I think that's very unique um, to your business.
0: It was something that like, as I looked, I, you know, I've looked at thousands and thousands of profiles over the years. And, and I used to, you start, you look at stuff so much, you start to recognize patterns. And I was like, oh, I can tell this guy's a scammer right here. Without talking to him, without anything, I just know. And I was like, you know what? I see these patterns and they're recognizable, like they're machine recognizable, mm. So we put together this big, big algorithm that would help figure it out. Since then, we've expanded on it. My team in the Philippines is always like, hey, we need to do more for the Filipino people. Like we need to do more for their accounts. And I'm like, I'm sorry. No. The only thing that matters here is do employers have a good experience? Because if if employers have a good experience, they're going to bring jobs. Filipino people are going to sign up. If there are jobs, they're going to sign up. If there's no jobs, who cares? You know, like if people aren't having a good experience, if you're not finding good people or if if you're finding scammers or whatever. So our focus has always been create a good experience for the employers because the rest of it will follow. We actually make it harder today for people in the Philippines to sign up. We force them to verify, like upload a government ID, verify your physical address, show us a picture of yourself and your government ID where we can recognize the two are the same. We we do quite a bit towards like human verifying.
1: Yeah, which then you know, creates a platform, like you're saying, where people trust to go rather than, you know, because nowadays, you know, it only takes a few YouTube videos for people to, you know, tear a big, you know, to just have a go at you. Like I went on this platform and I got scammed and then it's all a big problem. So I can see where you're coming from. But on the flip side, I actually made a note to mention this to you that like, you've had a huge positive impact on the region. You know, like if you were to tally up, the amount of work generated through, the amount of employment that you've created, the amount of money that you've basically brought from the outside into that con- into the country. you know, I would say you've had a huge impact over the years on people's lives in, in the region. So I want to give that a call out. Like I think that's that's very impressive. And you've definitely had impact.
0: Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I don't have exact numbers because with online jobs, we don't track stuff. And not that we don't track. It's that I built what I wanted. I didn't want to have a middleman in between. I didn't want to have... So when you go on, you post your job and you're communicating with people like immediately off of the platform. We don't force it on the platform at all. You're in your own Gmail account or whatever. So if you hire someone, I don't necessarily know if you hire them. You may come back and mark that person's profile as hired, but... My best guess is we've had hundreds of thousands of jobs created.
1: I mean, right now there's 30,000. I checked just before. There's 30,000 active jobs, I believe, like on the platform right now. You have a unique, you know, pricing model. So like when you are on, let's say Fiverr or Upwork, you know, they're very much, well, Fiverr is like gig economy. You have a very specific service for a very specific price and Fiverr takes, I think 20%. Upwork, you can hire long-term players, you know, from all over the world um, or one-off. But your pricing is... You charge the employer, like so for me to hire and to communicate, I pay a monthly fee or a one off fee if I just want to like hire one person, I do it within a month, I can cancel a contract and and that's kind of like a reverse psychology of it because you're putting the onus once again back on you're creating a good experience you're not taking money out of the people's pockets who's doing the work, who are then like resentful of you've twenty percent of my gig you know like what did you do <laughs> you know, but it's kind of a reverse mentality versus what would be normal like or common in these platforms so yeah can you speak to that a little bit like
0: yeah it's more profitable to take a percentage of people's salaries
1: <laughs> i imagine it would be yeah
0: <laughs> and it's more expensive you know like you think about people are like oh i can do this for free at upwork I'm like no you can't you can get that person for three dollars an hour here or you can get it for six dollars an hour there it's not free to pay 20 to 40% of a salary of a, of a payment that goes to the business, you know, not to the worker.
1: And people, people factor that in now as well. Like, you know, like if you're on those platforms, you increase your price to factor in the buffer. You know what I mean? Like, whereas, like you're saying, in a platform like this, you're dealing directly with them so they don't have to factor in that there's 20% going to a middleman. And therefore you should, in theory, get it for like, you know, a, a less price versus if you're hiring them via a different platform.
0: Yeah. And it's more than just that too. So like in online jobs, one of the things that we've, we've always focused on. So, okay, let me take a step back here. Contract work inhibits small business. Paying someone hourly prevents you from growing the way that you think you're going to. Nobody realizes this. It took me years to realize this, but if you hire someone on a contract basis, you do all the work to recruit them, to make sure to vet them, to bring them in, whatever. You still have to bring them on board to get them into your business. There's still work to be done there. They do the work. You pay them. They're gone. The next time you need something like that or something similar or you need it modified, you have to do the whole process over again. It's called turnover. 100% turnover. And that's built in to the Upwork Fiverr model. Like we're guaranteeing turnover because that's how they work. Like For the freelancers, you have to get a job, do the work get paid, get a review so that you can get another job getting paid more, get another review so you can get another job getting paid more, right? Like that's the whole point of it. And we've always focused on, no, dude, let's build long-term businesses. Let's hire someone that is full-time, stable, long-term, or maybe part-time, but stable and long-term. And so when you talk about like, oh yeah, it's $3 an hour at onlinejobs.ph or it's $6 an hour at Upwork, it's not just that there's they're taking part of it. It's that... That person, the freelancer in the Philippines, they are concerned about feeding their family. And they're trying to get a gig. And when that gig's up, you know, they make $6 an hour for 14 hours. Now they got to go back and get another gig. And it's hard.
1: Yeah, that's that's the graph. That's the freelancer graph. It's not a great place to be in because, like you are saying, there's no stability. There's no stability in, in your life. And you're always, you're doing the work, but then you're also chasing work. And, you, you know, it's versus you know being I've oh, I've been there years ago like and you know I was a freelance writer that's how I got started online and very much actually my first client was probably somebody you're familiar with Chris Ducker, who had uh, virtual freedom was and he had a big agency in the Philippines and everything I don't even know if he still does but yeah he was actually my first client I was writing content for his blog yeah <laughs> <It was> ironic <laughs> you know what I mean but like well, you know when his work was done you had to go back chasing, you know, like back to like, yeah, on the outreach and sales. So there's a lot to be said for having stable, reliable income for you and your family. I'd like to touch on, you've kind of looped into something I would like to just touch on is um, COVID's had a big impact on the world and, you know, Philippines, have very strict uh, rules and everything else, like their president definitely makes a name for himself for uh, news bites. But outside of that, like tourism, hospitality, hugely affected. Okay, so those industries, because, you know, you don't have the normal millions of tourists floating in. Have you seen a lot more people looking online, like, you know, trying to transfer those skills that they would have and and become virtual assistants or or enter into the online jobs market versus the domestic jobs market?
0: So, like, in April and May of last year, April, May of 2020, we saw a three-times increase overnight in number of Filipinos signing up. April and May, let's see, March and April... From employers last year, we saw a slight dip. The world freaked out, right? Every, everybody shut down. Everybody stopped doing anything. And then in May, June, July, August, September, we saw massive growth in employers realizing, oh, no, I still gotta, I'm going to work. We're just going to hire virtual workers now. You know? So we saw huge growth in people turning to the Philippines to hire virtual workers.
1: That's awesome. Because you see... I follow a bunch of people. There's a group in in Bali, actually, Feed Bali. They're like an Instagram and they help people, but they're very much helping, like, because the governments aren't helping them. You know, there's no... It's not like in Ireland where, like, the governments just throw money at you. and In in the UK, and I don't know what America's like, but I know there's stimulus and all this stuff. Yeah, but, like, in those countries, I don't think they throw money at you. You know, it's very much like you're on your own, you know? Like, go figure it out, you know? And and that's where this workout that comes in, and these, you know, like, in, in the Philippines, people have to really... What are they going to do? You know, you can't go to work you can't go to places. So all you can do is pull out your phone or your computer and try and make it happen there, you know?
0: So my, my team sent me quite a few things. Like people were saying, we're not going to die from COVID. We're going to die from starvation. Because like the government said, no, you can't leave. They put police in the streets. If you're out of your house, they'll arrest you. But then they said, we're going to feed you too. And then the food never came. And so, like, people were allowed to leave the house once a week to go to the grocery store, but then there's no food there or whatever. So, we ended up sending a lot a lot of money to our people around the country and said, like, hey, go do what you can to help whoever around you you can that are struggling. You know, people go from making a little bit of money to making zero money overnight, and there's no recourse. They can't feed their families. My team, you know, or anybody working virtually still
1: kept up which was great and so we were able to can still make money yeah exactly and, and provide but yeah look, I just think it's it's a a massive shift you know and, and I definitely think that there's I mean my, my assumption was that a lot of people might have had to pivot like almost by like they, they just had to look for alternatives and they might have turned to things like online onlinejobs.ph so okay so look, let's get into a little bit about like you know hiring somebody like so how would hiring somebody from, let's say, the Philippines differ to maybe US or EU from a like, cultural standpoint? Like, you know, is, is there any particular nuances that would stand out that somebody should be aware of if they're going to online jobs that to, to hire somebody? Yeah. So
0: the first question that people always have in hiring is, can I actually find someone good? Like, is that a, does that exist? Can I find good talent? And let me just give you a, a couple examples. So on my team, I have programmers who are like, they worked for IBM, or they're just really, really talented. So yes, you can find really good programmers. I have good designers. I have really good content writers. In fact, if you look at onlinejobs.ph, it's all designed and programmed by people in the Philippines. Uh, If you look at the blog on onlinejobs.ph, it's mostly written in the Philippines. My personal newsletter that I send out gets written by someone on my team in the Philippines, and then I usually edit or uh, just give a final word. So like you can find really talented people. I have a friend that hired an investment banking analyst out of the Philippines. He said, this guy's a, a $250,000 a year person in the US and I'm paying him $1,500 a month. So like, it's amazing the talent you can find. So if you want to go find someone, do you want me to you want me to kind of go through my process of like how I find someone good?
1: Absolutely, yeah. You know, it probably touches on onevaway.com as well. You know, we, we can reference that too because I know you have, your own steps and process and framework. So yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's get at
0: it. I'll cover this right now just briefly. At onevaoa.com, I cover this in detail. So like you get everything, you like get my thoughts, my brain as, as I do this, or as you do this. I've done this dozens of times and came up with a really good process. So the problem that most people find when they go to recruit is they don't have time. Like you're just too busy to recruit someone. You think this is going to take a whole bunch of time because you've got to post a job and then you've got to interview all these people and you don't have to do any of that. Not that you don't have to do any of it, but here's what I do. Number one, define your role that you're going to hire someone for. And to me, the first person you should hire should be someone to do something that you know how to do. So people are always like, oh, I'm good at social media. I don't know how to build a website. So I'm going to hire someone to build a website. And that's fine. But a better way to do it is to hire someone to do social media for you. So you get that off of your plate. So you stop working 60 hours a week. And then you can, once you have that done, you're so much more effective at managing the build a website thing, right? So the first the first person to hire is to hire someone to do something you know how to do. You can teach them well. You have good expectations for it. You can give feedback for it. You know what the final product looks like. It's just a better experience. So define the role that you're going to hire for. Go to onlinejobs.ph and search for the skills that you need. Super simple. You're going to spend 10 minutes looking at profiles. And this will be really eye-opening if you've never done it before. So you're going to, just look at like search your skills and start clicking on profiles and see like what skills exist out there. What skills can I find in people? And then how much are they looking to make? What do they say about it? Like, are they looking to make $400 a month for full-time work? Are they looking to make $800 a month for full-time work? What's the price range in this skill that, that I'm looking for? From there, you're going to go post your job. Pretty simple. You write your job title and your job description. You say how much it is. You select a couple skills. You're done. Super simple. You don't have to have paid anything yet. This is all free. Uh, At this point, you're going to get a whole bunch of job applications. Depending on who it is or depending on the role, like if you post a general VA, like I just want a general virtual assistant or I want a data entry person, you're going to get 300 job applications overnight. It's way too much. And we're working on cutting it down because people just get overwhelmed. So let me give you a piece of advice here. When you post your job, in the job description somewhere... Ask them to include a keyword in the title of their application.
1: I've always done that, yeah. If they don't do that, automatic disqualification. You'd be amazed how many people don't do that. They just paste the same, they have a copy and paste or a text expander. They just, they're just applying, you know. They're just trying to get the numbers out, apply to as many jobs. as a VA. And yeah, look, you can't blame them for it. But as an employer, attention to detail is important. So if you didn't see the word and the ones that are like keyword, you're like, you shortlist, you, you know, you paid attention.
0: <laughs> right. No keyword. If you didn't include the keyword in the title, done, gone. I won't even open it. So here's the thing. If you get like 20 applications total, like great, respond to them all. If you get 200 applications, you're going to very briefly look at them and anything wrong, any little slight red flag, just ignore it. You're only going to respond to the best ones because you just can't interview 200 people. From here, here's where my process differs from most people. And just so you know, up to this point, you haven't paid for anything. Now's the time you pay onlinejobs.ph. So you can post your job for free. You can look at resumes for free. You can get job applications and see the applications for free. You just don't get any contact information for any people until you've paid. That's how we make money. So it's $69 or $99 for a month of access. So you pay... Now you can respond to people. Here's where I differ from most people. I don't do a Skype interview now. I send them one, two, three, four questions, and I'll send the same one, two, three, four questions to 25 different people. I'll respond to them and send the same questions, and then I'll wait for them to respond. And then I'll send one, two, three, four more questions, and I'll do this five, six, seven, eight times, where I'm just sending them questions and looking at their responses, and there's a bunch of reasons why. So number one, I want to see their attention to detail. Like if I ask you three questions in an email and you only answer two of them, well, the chances of me assigning you three tasks and you only doing two of them is really high. And that doesn't work for me, right? Or I get to see your English. Like I can see your English on your profile. That's cool. But maybe your friend helped you edit your profile. They're not going to help you edit eight emails in three days, right? That's just not reasonable. And I get to see how good your English actually is. I get to see your personality. That's a big deal because we're like, you're not a robot. We're going to work together. We have to, we have to interact. And how your profile or how your personality interacts with my personality is a big deal. I get to see um, how quickly you respond. If it takes you three days to respond during the interview process, well, after I hire you, it's going to take you three days. And like, that doesn't work for me. By doing this in email, number one, me sending an email takes me less than one minute. Getting on a Skype interview takes 30 minutes. 30 minutes gone, right? And instead, I've interviewed 20 people in those 30 minutes. Here's the other side of it. People in the Philippines don't want to do a Skype interview. They're scared. Culturally, they're shy. They're scared. They're embarrassed. Whatever you want to call it. They don't want to do a Skype interview until they trust you. And trust is a big deal. So we go into this thinking, well, I don't know if I can trust this person. They're thinking the same thing. I don't know if I can trust this person, this employer. But their feeling is stronger than your feeling is. So you got to do things to gain their trust. And that's when you really create a rockstar worker. So if you do the interview process via email first, and then add a Skype interview at the end, like you've narrowed it down to two or three, you'll find that like people will drop out. You ask them four more questions. They're like, I'm out. I'm not doing this. Or you'll drop people out like, oh, this person's just not good. And you'll end up like with a pretty good idea of who you want to hire as you, as you start to narrow it down by this. You can ask people to do a test. Uh, if it's going to take longer than 30 minutes, then I suggest you pay for the test. Filipinos are very scared about doing a bunch of work and not getting paid for it.
1: Yeah, and I imagine that comes from stories they've heard or even experiences that they've had. So we'll we'll circle back to that after. Actually, I wouldn't mind just clarifying how you approach contracts.
0: So if you can ask them to do a test, like do a writing test or do a design test or do you know whatever it is that you that you want them to do, and when you're ready to hire, like okay, you can say when can you start? I want to offer you a job. When can you start? Oh, I can start tomorrow. Sweet. Like I got, okay, I got work to do. Here's your first task, right? So you asked about contracts, right?
1: Yeah. So I kind of like two questions really that I, um, because look, when using other platforms, it's all built into it. So how do you pay somebody? And then when you're starting with a new hire, that exact scenario that you spoke about, like they don't want to do work and not get paid. Like what's kind of like a, Typical time frame? like, would they work for a week and then you paid them or a day and then you paid them for a month? Like, how would that typically work with a new hire? Or is it, what's your experience telling you?
0: So when I start someone new, I pay them weekly for the first two months. I tell them, look, I'm going to pay you weekly. And I think weekly is a good reasonable amount of work for them to do without getting paid. Don't ever prepay for work. Like if someone, if the first person you hire says, uh, sir, my laptop just broke. I need a new laptop. Don't do it. That's a scam. We don't see it very often anymore, but we used to see it. So you pay after work is done. Don't pay necessarily for results. At least I don't recommend you do that with the Philippines. Pay for their time. Like they have worked for the week. Uh, you're going to pay after the week. After a couple of months and they trust you, then you can start paying biweekly or monthly. Paying people is pretty easy. You can, we, at onlinejobs.ph, we have easy pay built in. We built it. We built the payment system that we wanted to have. So we, that's, it's built in and easy and obvious. You could use PayPal. You could use Transfer-wise, you could use Western Union. You pay them however you want. We don't really care.
1: All those normal, yeah. But it's just some countries have specific payment gateways that are like more accepted. Like, you know, even one of my VAs, she's actually in Argentina and uh, PayPal all the way. Like they just, you know, PayPal is their preference. But others I've worked with Paynair, Uh, You know, I was just curious, like, so you're saying there's a variety of payment options. There's not one necessarily that's preferred. Uh, You know, it could be any of the above, really, like, so.
0: Payoneer is what we use to build EasyPay. We just push them on a couple of points. So you get get more if you pay through online jobs via Payoneer. But like PayPal, often it'll take five to seven days for them to get the money, which is super crappy. Like, sometimes they're not eating during that time. And then PayPal's exchange rate is not good. And you know, when you're when you're making five hundred dollars in a month and you lose fifteen dollars to PayPal, like that
1: sucks. Absolutely. Look, Noel, I, I hear you. But it's also just as an employer, you know, if you're an employer listening to this, to be mindful of these things. You know what I mean? That like, you know, there are a variety of options and and like, you know, hopefully go with what the, the person has preference for because you know, like they are not you don't want them to be waiting and paying loads of fees and all these things unnecessarily, you know, when there are alternative options. So I think as an employer, just be, be mindful of the preferences of the person who you're working with, because... Um, or
0: just be mindful that it's a human. Like, you're not hiring a robot. This is a human. And they have families and feelings and desires and needs and wants and problems. They're going to have problems. You're going to have problems. It's part of it. It's amazing to hire a full-time, super talented person for 400 600 $1,200 a month, you know, this it's not it's not magic, and you you still have to work at it.
1: I totally agree. Look, I mean, everybody's just humans. Everybody's life is complex in their own ways, and uh, the, you know, even just the country and the location, the Philippines can have issues with electricity and with internet. And it's not that person's fault. It's it's uh, that's a like civil engineering construction country problem from time to time. You know, it's not their fault. <laughs> I'm happy. I feel like we've covered a lot of different points here. You know, it, so if people want to connect with you or learn more about online jobs, What's the what's the best way for them to do this?
0: Yeah. So I'm super available via email. If you have questions, if you go to onlinejobs.ph or onevaoa.com or johnjonas.com and you use the contact link uh, and you say, this is for John, it'll get to me. Obviously it doesn't go, come to me first, but uh, everybody know all my, all my people know if they ask for me, send it straight to me and I will respond straight to you. You can get me on Facebook. I don't know how you search John Jonas or something But I never log into Facebook. My team in the Philippines does all of my social posting. I create most of the content, probably. They create some... I don't really know because I hate it. I hate social media.
1: Yeah, I'm the same, my man. I have this love thing. I dip out and then I go back in and then I dip out. And I like delete all the apps for a a month or two. And my Same again, my VA is in there and she's replying to everybody and doing all the bits and posting and scheduling and in Canva making all the stuff, but... You know, I go in and every now and then I'm like, how many followers and if I anything important that I missed or, you know, but no, she's on that. Like she's good, you know, so like <laughs> it's, but that's what you're saying. It gives you that freedom where I don't feel comp- sucked in, you know, sucked into that time suck of a, of a world uh, because I have a V who gives me that freedom that I can just dip in and out and we get business from it. And we, you know, the podcast gets marketed and, you know, everything is, everything's good. Sounds like it's the same for you. You have these filters, but like you're, the owner of a business, a big successful business. You need to have filters, you know, before things get to you. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's important.
0: Yeah. To me, like this is about time. Like I've worked 15, 17 hours a week now for 10 or 12 years. And that's because my team in the Philippines does basically everything for me. And I set these boundaries. Like I, I, like you said, you delete the apps. I haven't had Facebook or Instagram on my phone in probably three years now. And I don't miss it one dang bit. And yet I still have a big presence there.
1: I, I, I think, I, I mean, I don't really know. your YouTube, man. Your YouTube. Like I've I, I seen you have a lot of videos, a lot of content, short snippets, really good, answering questions. Love it. So, you know, I definitely think if people want to learn more about onlinejobs.ph, that your YouTube channel is, is a good place as well to look as well. You have years worth of videos up there. So, and loads of new short ones, you're out driving and they're well edited. And yeah, it's cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And all I do is record. That's it. I hit record on a phone. And then I upload it and I'm done. Like I don't I don't write descriptions, I don't edit, I don't upload, I don't URLs or I, I don't I don't any of that.
1: That's the power of having a good virtual team. And you know, yours are all in the Philippines, so that's awesome. John, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us today.
0: Yeah, thanks, Adam. It's been it's been good to be here. Thanks.
1: Thank you. Okay, thanks for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to the Digital Nomad Cafe Podcast. Head over to the website to access the resources and links mentioned in today's episode at
1: digitalnomadcafe.com.